Million Dollar Agent, the podcast. We're back again. Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, the longest serving real estate training podcast in Australia, New Zealand. In the in the world, I reckon. Let's get serious, Tommy. I reckon I can't think of or I don't know of anyone in the world that's been gibbering as long as the three of us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go global today. I'm gonna say we are global. <laughs> Mate, you you want you want to laugh at something? I heard a guy at a cafe say to me today. He's a he's a prospective vendor. He's had four or five agents go out to see him, and he said to me, "Mate, all four came out, and they told me that they had world class best advertising." And he goes, "So what do you guys do? Do you do a constant reference check with overseas to see to see see?" I go, "Mate, I would I would I wouldn't call it as scientific as that." He goes, "It was incredible. They all said, mate." We've got world-class marketing here. <laughs> that one, that one, Tommy always gets me. And the other one that vendors always mention is uh, about the world-class database. We have the best database in the entire world. Every single agent yeah. says the same. <laughs> well, someone's anyway, got to be right. Someone's yeah, got to be right. One, one person's got to be right. That's correct. One person's right. <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, it's a good time of the year. Today's a great day in Sydney, by the way. Sun's out. Um, we can feel that spring, it's on its way. We can already see real estate agents telling us the spring listings have started to sort of come in. Um, I'm not quite sure. Firstly, before we move on to our topic today, what's the feedback at the Magrada at a helicopter level there? Is there signs that we're going to have a bonanza spring with a listing surge? What's the early signs there? Or it's too early to call? Uh, no, uh, look, at the moment, we're seeing an increase in volume this week. And funny enough, I just spoke to a good friend of ours, Tom, you're on me and Troy, John Hatz, VFX signboards, and he did uh, about 90 boards last night. Yeah. And I said, so what's what were you kind of doing in COVID? He said, oh, 35, 40 a day. And I said, "What? when do you know it's game on? He said, when I hit 100 boards a day, you know, sort of sustainable, he said, then I know. So he's back to 90. So I reckon Johnny Hats and VFX are a pretty good bellwether for what's happening in the market because they're not just one brand. They they cover a whole range of brands, Sydney admittedly. But, yeah, let's let's just say that it might well be the same elsewhere. So we are seeing an increase in, in uh, volume. We're not seeing any huge spike, or um, but we're, we're seeing a gradual increase in volume. We're continuing to see good sales happen, especially – for homes that have got a little bit of a unique factor or high quality, great locations. Uh, Troy, you did one on the weekend. I think it was sort of over 5 million uh, sales. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Sam Lloyd uh, from our Lane Cove office, John. And that that vendor only purchased the property at the start of COVID and saw a great return. Um, some 2025. For the beginning of COVID. Uh, I think it was early fours and ended up selling 6.3 plus 6.3. Yeah, well, I mean, there you go. That's a good reason to stay indoors, isn't it? COVID, $2 million in your pocket. Um, terrific. So uh, I, I think that we're going to see, Tommy, here's my view for what it's worth, and everyone will probably tune out now, but here's what I reckon. I reckon that we're 80 to 90% in terms of price reductions down in the big capital cities. I think there might be a little trickle to go, but I think we've seen by far the worst of the corrections, and that to me is sort of... 10 to 15% correction from peak to now. And I think we might have a few more percent, three to 5% to go. So I think that's okay. Um, I think that um, we're going to see interest rates go up to around 5%. I think the Reserve Bank is talking tough 
to scare everyone because they'd actually rather people stop spending before they get to the five, five and a half percent if they get that far. So I do think that um, we're, we're hearing tough words because they just want everyone to kind of stop spending for the moment to reduce inflation. Um, I think that as prices stabilise, people will start to come back on the market and we'll see a more normalised volume of sales, and that will be either this spring or following Christmas, straight after Christmas, one of the two. Um, I think that the best properties are continuing to fetch really, really good prices. I was watching the news last night, which I don't do very often, Troy, as you know, but there was something in Melbourne sold for $80 million, a derelict house, mansion, uh, I assume probably Turak, um, or in one of those beautiful eastern suburbs of Melbourne, and, and that was $80 million. Um, even, you know, Troy's done a five six million dollar sale uh, on the weekend at an auction there's plenty of good news out there i think probably where the soft underbelly tommy is as you would know being a prolific auctioneer around sydney it's probably stuff that's a bit undifferentiated sort of investment stock units to a large degree um, or houses that have got some floors could be busy streets and so forth i think that stuff's really doing it tough but I think if you take to market a property right now that's got a bit of X factor about it, you know, you, you're getting a very, very strong response out there. That'd be my view. And time-wise, I think we're about halfway through. I think we've got another 12 months to go. So maybe we're not quite halfway through, but close because, you know, let's say the market turned to either side of Christmas. Um, and I reckon that we might have another nine to 12 months to go. Uh, at which point it'll stabilise. There's actually really, an, and Tommy, I know you're big on social media. There's a guy called Scott Durkin. Um, he's the CEO of Troy Douglas Elliman in the States. Yep, Douglas Elliman. Used to be Corcoran's, lovely guy, good friend of our business. When he was at Corcoran's, he was very generous with his knowledge. Anyway, he he put out a really, he, he was speaking at Inman mm. Conference and he was on a panel and they are asking him, and he's like us three, you know, he's been through cycle and cycle and cycle. And um, and go, go to his Instagram, Scott Durkin, Douglas Delliman on the Instagram, have a look at it. But he basically said, you know, we've been through this before. And he said everyone kind of, you know, gets, they, they crawl, crawl into a cave in the middle of it. They think it's never going to end. And, of course, it ends, and it usually ends a bit faster than you think. Um, and it starts a bit faster than you probably think as well. And um, he said that's just the market. But he said, really, I, he's seen the cycles of, of the bad cycles or negative cycles, the correction phase have have compressed over that. And, and actually, as I thought when I heard him say that, I thought, yeah, I think that's probably, I have no science to back it up, but it feels right that the down cycles, you know, the roller coaster heading down, not up, seem to have become a little bit tighter and shorter over the last few cycles than perhaps they once were. So, uh, you know, I'm not rose-coloured glasses necessarily, but I, I think that, you know, it's, it's a great market to sell. It's a great market to buy. Just get on and do it and forget talking about the market because it's almost over, really. Well said. And I'm going to go follow that guy because you said something um, very profound, and that is when it happens, it happens sooner than what we think it's happened. And um, that's both with that's both with the correction and also it's both with when the market turns. Um, and... Um, um, I, I, I keep I keep telling you know I have a lot of friends that keep saying to me Tom look at this article in the Fin Review prices are going to drop twenty percent I said well they've already dropped fifteen so mm. what are they what are they saying it's going to drop another five you know oh, Commonwealth Bank says they're going to drop the total drop from top to bottom is going to be twenty five percent 
I said, yeah, that could be right, but it's already dropped 15. So that's another 10, 10% over the next 12 months. Um, but let's move into something useful and practical for our, our listeners today. And, and that is, I've been doing a heap of uh, one-on-ones on Zooms. And I said to both gentlemen off camera, it's really interesting that there's a, a bunch of stuff that keeps coming up from the same people that don't know each other, yet they're obviously the same pain points. They're the things that are on people's mind. They're the things that keep them up at night. And I'm just going to run through some of those. And maybe if we could just pick two or three of them and look yeah. at some views from both Troy and John on what you think. So mm-hmm. just to give you the list, the exhaustive list, um, time management and delegation, um, that keeps coming up working in your effective business unit, like, you know, working with your team members. Have I got role descriptions for them? Are things happening efficiently enough? The third one is this, you know, total, there's this guilt feeling from a lot of agents. I don't have time to make those calls to my past clients, to my influencers. Um, So I don't have time to to reach out to people. Another one that came up, very surprising, at least 60% of people had weight management and health and fitness. It matters to people. It's obviously a big thing to them, you know. And as one guy just got off from Bailey's, he said to me, Tom, I only go to the gym so I can list and sell more real estate. It's a mental thing for me. I'm not trying to get big or trying to get ripped. I just want to actually think clearer and sleep better for my life. Um, And probably the last one is, you know, some agents are struggling with the negativity. They'll they'll have a vendor and they they may have overpriced it. They may have gone in more optimistic. They can't sell it. And the vendor turns around and has negative energy towards the agent and sort of says to agents, well, if you don't sell it, there's other agents that are telling me that I've got buyers. So it's just managing the expectations of vendors. So maybe we pick, you know, a couple of those, the time management, the managing expectations of vendors. Um, Yeah. And have a chat about it. Troy can do the health one. Troy's healthier than I put together, Tommy, times 10. Absolutely. um, Troy, you I've just sent you two guys the Scott Dirk and Instagram uh, thing. You'll, you'll find it's only 30 seconds or so. Find it interesting. Sorry, Tom. So, Troy, are you still not drinking coffee? Uh, no, I'm back. I'm back drinking coffee. I'm dr- Thank I, I God. hit oh the target. God. Really? I heard, I heard. experience in not drinking the coffee. The mood swings that we have to put up with. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's not fair. I've had a few McGrath people say, mate, just Listen, can you Tom, speak to Troy? Can you, you can you slip in a few <laughs> caffeine tablets into these coffees, mate? Mate, please. Tom, out of everyone, you will know that there's the other gentleman on this call will pester us at any time after 5 a.m. And listen, if you haven't had a coffee in the morning, oh, sometimes those calls can be more Okay, trouble. down to business. <laughs> so I'm going to start with a few and, and give you a few things. And then, Troy, you you join in, obviously, Tommy, anything you want to add. Um, don't have time to make calls. Absolute bullshit. Everyone's got if – you, if you are committed to making – five past client nurture calls a day. Most of those will last less than five minutes, probably three. Um, They're valuable. In fact, they're invaluable. They're priceless. The best source of business is from past clients that you stay connected with. So really what they're saying is, Tom, I'm lazy. I'm disorganized. I can't be bothered allocating a little bit of time each day, call it half an hour to calling past clients. And so I'm just going to sabotage my future success. That's reality. That That is a reality because it is such a critical 
um, task, activity, if you will, mm-hmm. calling past clients, and yet agents refuse to. Then they want to tell you how bad the market is. I'm saying, well, dude, yeah, a couple of things. How many hours prospecting you've been doing for, for the last three months? The answer is probably not many. That's why you haven't got any listings. When was the last time you rang a past client? Oh, I bumped into one in the supermarket. Now, that doesn't count. I'm talking about making a call to say, hey, Tom, just want to see how things are. You can't believe it. Two years since we sold you that beautiful home in Haberfield. I just wanted to see how you and the family were. You've got through COVID. How's your business going? You know that I'm here. If you need anything in 2022, 2023, I'm here for you guys. If you ever want to have just a, a sense of uh, what the market's doing or where your property's at, or if you're looking to buy an investment for the kids or whatever, Tom, please call me. Just something that's heartfelt, short, that reminds them that you're there in their corner is all you need. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one truly total bullshit. That John, the, other, for- the easiest hack on that and what we've seen so many of our successful agents do both um, within McGrath but also outside is they print out on a monthly basis all their past clients that have the anniversary coming up in that month. They have it on an A4 piece of paper. They put it in the car. And as they're driving to and from appointments, if they get a couple of minutes either side of the appointment, they're picking out someone on that list and they're making that call. Um, you'll knock over Wayne, five, Wayne 10, Harker. 15 of those. Wayne Harker, Troy, you remember. He, he was yeah. the one that well, I remember Dr. Fred told us years ago, tell me when we started working with him and, he said, you know, this is the greatest source of business and people are just abusing it and ignoring it. And, and Wayne did exactly that. He printed all his clients out. He bound them up. He threw them on the passenger seat. And every time he had a chance, um, you know, stopped at the lights, you know, wasn't make, making a business call, just bring the next one down and just say hi. And Wayne was a, an outstanding agent. I think he's still in the business. I mean, I guess he's Probably at the sort of twilight of his career, he's probably saying the same thing about us, Tom. You and me. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, he, he's a nice guy. He's he's working up in Double Bay, and I think uh, he's a son-in-law. His son is it son-in-law. or son-in-law? Son-in-law. Son-in-law. son-in-law? son-in-law. Paul Lee Harker, right? Is that right, Paul? Yeah, it's not Lee Harker, but it's Paul. Yeah, Paul. Okay, Paul Langston. so Paul Langston. yeah, Paul Langston. That's it. That's it. Anyway, while we're talking about that, I had a guy drop me off to the airport for, in Brisbane when I was there the other week. It was so good. He had a he had this desk in his car. It was just the most fascinating thing. So he's pulled that out. Then he goes, I want to show you something. And what it does is it sort of slips onto the steering wheel, right, yeah. sits on there, and then, and then he goes, I find it really useful. He goes, I just go park my car. I do my calls by looking at the river. It's My iPad sits on there. And he goes, sometimes I'll even have lunch on the car. He goes, Beach going back into the office. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, so it. so let's no, keep going. No, uh, so so John's, calling, no, John's calling bullshit. Calling bullshit on that. Bullshit on that one. I'm not going to even expand on it because just do it. That's a just do it Nike one there, Troy. Number two, time management delegation. A couple of things. My experience is this. The best form of time management initially is saying no to things that are non-essential. I think too many people say yes to things. Now, I've got, I'm all for saying yes to the things that you're passionate about and you love or someone you want to help, and we all do that, the three of us, I would hope to think that, you know, we've been very you know, generous with our time. But there are lots of things people say yes to that they actually don't want to do or adding no value. Maybe there's no even appreciation at the other end of it. So firstly is is just do the things that are mission critical to your life, uh, the big rocks, as Dr. Fred calls them. Delegation for me, Tom, and, I, and I've experienced this for many years because I, I think I'm in the perfectionist category, which is not healthy at some point. Um, 
often people they they have trouble delegating, and I say, why do you have trouble delegating? Oh, because I know I can do a better job. And I say, well, that, is that relevant? Because as long as they do a good enough job, delegating frees you up to work on some other more dollar productive activities, and then produce and leverage on your activities and produce some more great results. So I get the delegation thing. I'm in the band of people that kind of often, unfortunately, think they can do things better than often the people they delegate to, not in an arrogant way, but maybe you've developed certain competency. But I also know that, you know, you've got to be working on the dollar productive activities. Um, And we often talk, Troy, in our training and coaching that you and I do at McGrath about, you know, you don't expect the world's best brain surgeon to be booking in the, the patient and then you know, parking their car and then, you know, putting them uh, under anaesthetic and cleaning the utensils. They're there to do the things that are mission critical in their profession, which is the surgery. And then they have a team around them to carry out all the other important activities, but not important for them to do. And I think you've just got to keep thinking like that and you've got to have a preparedness to let go and recognise people will make mistakes People probably won't do it as quite as brilliantly as you might be able to, and that's okay. And just live with that and grow your business uh, because some agents in our country now, and you coach a lot of them, Tommy, they're doing you know, 20, 30, 40 sales a month, a month, not a year, by the way. And you, you'll never get to that sort of activity. You'll never even get to 10 a month, to be quite honest, um, which is a, still a very healthy volume unless you are prepared to build a team around you and you'll never build a team around you unless you're prepared to delegate. Yep. One, one of the most profound things that ca- ca- happened in the last week with these calls I've been having is I said to an agent about delegation, it was an eye-opener for both of us. I said to him, you're telling me that you know that you should delegate better. You're telling me you agree with the concept the pilot doesn't serve drinks on the plane. You're telling me that you're under the pump. Yet for some reason, there's something that's bluing you. There's some payback that you're getting by not letting go of the current admin stuff that you keep telling me. And listen to what the answer was. He says, I know what it is, Tom. I said, what is it? He goes, deep down, I prefer doing stuff there and then in the moment that I feel like I'm winning than making phone calls that won't lead to anything in the short term and I'm not going to enjoy as much. So that was the... I'll give you another slight version on that, Tony. That's a brilliant insight. The other thing, Troy, that we know people do is they do some of those activities because they procrastinate the dollar productive activities that can bring rejection with them. And, 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 And so if I'm shuffling paper and I'm going down and I'm kind of tweaking the last 3% of this... Uh, logo that I'm trying to design or whatever, I'm not on the phone ringing clients saying, you yeah, know, do you want to accept that offer? Do you want to do the deal? Do you want to list with me? So, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, that's, that's a re- really good point. So say no more often. Be comfortable with the fact that other people may not do it as well as you. Just get into that habit of it and also unearth what perhaps you might be not doing by doing the perfectionist type stuff. We've got time for one more. We have three minutes, Tommy. Which one do you want to do, Troy? Um, well, health and fitness, I can knock that over really quickly. Really simple for everyone. Health Thank and fitness you. is all about activity. So calories in, calories out. 
what are your activities are you doing to get the calories out and what are you eating coming in everyone you should download this app my fitness pal it's a calorie counter app it's very very easy to use if you're really focused about weight management um, out of all of them that i've tried it is the easiest it's free you can pay a premium account you don't need to and it tracks your calories very simple formula Restrict how many calories cal- troy how many calories do you have a day me personally, so I'm yeah. coming up to uh, a shred, so I'm back down to about 1,700 calories, but my average calorie intake is about 2,400 per day. Okay, Troy, what about me? Tell me straight, am I am I overweight? What do I have to do? <laughs> Sorry, mate, what, what, just give me the end. How many calories do I – forget about the shredding, right? For someone that – like you do the bay run, Tom, so for someone that's around that, you want to be sitting around 24, 25. If you're bulking, if you want to get massive, like a Matt Steinway kind of fitness – like building muscle, you can pump it up to about 4,000 calories. But I'm not going to get into it because it actually is probably a longer answer. But if you if you know your calories in and out and your resting calorie rate, calories out will always create um, a loss. Any, any, other, any, any, any other tips? Let's assume I don't want to be Steinway and I don't want to be as shredded as you. I just want to be healthy. I want 30, to be able to. 30, 30 minutes a day, Tom, out walking, yeah. 12,500 steps. Forget the 10,000. That's just keeping your body awake. 12,500 steps, just get out, be active, listen to a podcast. You don't have to do anything crazy. That's going to keep you healthy. Yeah, but you're not, you don't do 12,500 in 30 minutes. That's an hour and a half, isn't no, it? But throughout the day, throughout the yeah, day, yeah. you can knock over 12,500 steps. Take the dogs for a walk. I think 10,000 is about an hour, isn't it, roughly? 10,000 is roughly an hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And, Troisy, um, is there uh, f- food? What's more important, exercise or food, if you had to put pick, pick between one of the two? Uh, no, you got to make sure you're eating the right foods. You got to you got to know the foods that are bad for you. You can't eat. You can't go and exercise and eat crap. Um, it has to be balanced. So healthy, healthy greens, veggies. All righty, team. Troy Malcolm is now officially our nutritionist, <laughs> personal trainer here on Million Dollar Agent yeah, what Podcast. About, you know, what about he gives the uh, rap for his own app? He's probably making a fortune on the side. What's not, the app? It's, What's it's my fitness? Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's, we're gonna we'll dig deeper into that one. My app. I wish. I wish it was my app. <laughs> Troy, Troy, we're gonna get the team. We'll get Susan to look at there. Who, 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 who's the owner of the app for a start? We want to find out who is the owner of their app. Guys, girls. Brothers, sisters, thank you so much. Have a great week. We will see you next week. See you next time.